0: Hey everybody, welcome to episode 61 of Founders Gyan and thanks for tuning in. Each week we bring you actionable items from startup founders and this week we are talking about application security with the founder of B45, a firm specializing in app security. Check out foundersgyan.com slash EP61 for the show notes. Let's get started now. Abhay Bhargava, great to have you on the show. I'm super excited to be talking to you. Uh, this is the first time we are doing a deep dive on a specific top, topic uh, for the full podcast.
1: So I'm really excited. So can you quickly introduce yourself and your company? Thanks, Ram. I'm excited to be here. Uh, my name is Abhay Bhargav. I am the CEO and founder of V45, a uh, focused information security company.
0: Okay, great. So, today's topic is on application security, sure. right? So, firstly, I think uh, let's define application security and uh, maybe let's uh, get out of the way what other types of security is there when it comes to a startup or an IT company and uh, and we'll will, we will only concentrate on application security. So, let's, uh, let's have, have some idea on what
1: is application security. Okay. Yeah. um, Essentially, uh, if you look at data security, all of us think in terms of stuff like firewalls, think in terms of stuff like server security, operating system security, and so on and so forth. However, over the last uh, more than 10 odd years, the shift ...has really taken place towards protecting applications. The reason being, applications today are kind of ruling the roost. Anything you do, whatever you build, everything is an application. Either it's a web application, a mobile application, an IoT application. It could be a lot of all these things. Now, applications, since they provide access to data at scale... ...you typically have an application that is connected to some kind of database and that is what attackers are going for today and there are newer and more myriad ways of attacking these applications to get at the data that they want so for instance i'm an e-commerce company the attackers don't really bother about the firewalls anymore don't really bother about the network security operating security and operating system security anymore they really go after apps so i would go after your e-commerce app to get at your customer's data or get at your customer's credit card information or whatever so on and so forth so application security is really a practice or an area of focus that is uh, that delves into how you can protect apps Uh, so apps typically uh, have migrated from your desktop apps that you would have previously to today's web apps web services mobile apps that automatically integrate with some kind of web services, and IoT as well, because today you have IoT frameworks, which are a bunch of interconnected apps and sensors and so on and so forth, which are talking to each other or to a centralized application or application unit. So, any of this, I would consider an app, and this is what really application security is all about. How do you protect this stuff? How do you protect your data from and to these apps? Right, right. So, I think uh, uh, it's... Uh very
0: vulnerable these days i mean we have heard of reports of dropbox being hacked you know recently i think just a couple of days back i think hackers were able to hack into tesla uh, car so i think it's it's really really kind of uh, kind of uh, a bad scenario for all these various startups Uh, but we don't hear much of this in india so what's your uh, reason for are there is Indian security so great, or is there something else at play here?
1: <laughs> That's a good question. Um, Indian, it doesn't mean that Indian apps don't get breached. Uh, it's not at all the case. Uh, the thing is that in the West, especially in the US, uh, more, the, there are very stringent and very uh, focused laws towards breach notification. So, for instance, I'm an Amazon and I, let us say I get hacked, or let us say hundred thousand customers uh, data gets exposed you have to notify the customers that are exposed so for instance Dropbox gets hacked Dropbox has to notify these customers who are potentially affected by the hack hence they know and then of course through Twitter and other channels of communication this information spreads now in India by law we don't have to do any of this so for instance let's say I get hacked or my company's data gets compromised I do not have to uh, they disclose this to anybody I can just sort out the problem and try and see what happened and maybe take the financial loss if any but I don't really have to disclose this to any third party. Okay,
0: so so that brings me to a very interesting question So, uh, startups are on a shoestring budget already they are bootstrapped mm-hmm. and uh, this uh, application security may not even be at the top of their heads mm-hmm. and like you said in India their laws aren't that stringent and they can maybe get away with such acts so why should they even be bothered about
1: this in the first place? Yes, I mean that's, that is that is a good point and a lot of times we see startups that are not bothered about this. Uh, let me tell you a two a two or three different scenarios in which this plays out. A lot of times startups are selling their products in a B2B kind of scenario. So let us say I am a, I'm a payment specific startup or Even e-commerce specific startup or anything, uh, I could be in any space and I might be selling this as a SaaS product to another company or to another bunch of companies. Now here, one of the things that you must understand, especially if you're selling to any uh, business, especially established businesses, security is heavily on their mind. So if you don't take care of security, uh, that automatically is a sales block for you. So as a startup, if you're in the B2B space and you're not... uh, you know, uh, you're not taking care of security, your customers are not going to really uh, take you very seriously and it actually stops you from winning contracts. We, in fact... They, they may not say that also, right? You, you. No, they do, be, say that. They, they do say that. Okay. They do say that. In fact, recently we had a, a multi-million dollar training uh, startup. Not, it's not a startup anymore. It's an established business. They lost multiple contracts in Europe because they were not compliant with security standards mm-hmm. and that's not a small company. They have about 5,000, 6,000 people working for them. And even they were not able to bid on a contract because of a security failing. So that is when they came to us and said, you know what, we need to fix this. And, uh, you know, guys help us out. But the thing is that it doesn't just mean that, uh, you know, it's it's just that one company or this is an industry-wide phenomenon. If you want to engage with MNCs, you want to engage with larger companies. B2B, right? B2C? How about b 2 C? Absolutely. B2C, essentially, the push is not... Uh, your average consumer will not uh, ask you these questions. However, if you look at the law, if you look at the way the IT Act of 2000 in India works, if somebody is able to prove at any given point in time that you've been negligent with data or you have been... Uh, your data security practices are not up to par and as a result it has resulted in a breach then you still are uh, you know liable and somebody can file you know a suit against you of course uh, how how easily this is proven how easily this is evidenced is a different thing but in, in such cases especially in a B2C scenario reputation becomes the biggest asset that you have to protect mm. so let us say I'm a payment gateway company and I am uh, or forget payment gateway, that's too complicated. Let us say I'm just doing a simple marketplace kind of a scenario and I'm buying and selling goods on behalf of different customers and these customers get to know through some means. And a lot of times hackers, what they do is they compromise customers' data and they uh, they say that we could do this and put up that data on pastebin or something like that and the world gets to know that they were hacked. In fact, that happened with Ghana.com. I don't know if you've, uh, you remember Ghana.com was hacked with a SQL injection attack and it was actually proven and that attack was actually publicized that ghana.com is vulnerable and while it did not uh, bring down ghana.com it's a it's a vulnerability every company has vulnerabilities so uh, Ghana.com was embarrassed. and There was a bit of embarrassment. They obviously had to fight fires with customers saying, "Hey, man, uh, is my data
0: breached?" Right. That that gives customers an opportunity to go to, say, someone.com for example, your competitor, right?
1: Exactly. Exactly. So reputation becomes a big thing in B2C, especially if you are dealing with a lot of people or a lot of entities. Mm-hmm. Right. So right. so
0: so so let's talk about the various considerations of application security. Now, uh, from what you're saying. Is it uh, customer data, credit cards? Is that what is main the main concern? Or is it even your own app and your own website and, and things that are there? Uh, maybe you don't want people to clone your thing easily. So, can you tell us high level what are the various considerations that every startup should look for in application security, maybe in
1: order of importance? Sure. It, it, this, again, really depends on the nature of your business. Uh, so, for instance, I mean in any security scenario, there are three attributes that you have to keep in mind. Uh, one is confidentiality, one is integrity, and one is availability. Now, in certain scenarios, you are the kind of thing that the kind of attribute that would get affected is very different. Uh, so for instance, let us say I am um, for instance, let me give you an example of an insurance company that we worked with recently, and there are a pretty large insurance company world over. Now, they came to us and said, you know what, please uh, test our app and ensure that we, I mean, if there are any flaws, please let us know. One of the things they said was, look, we yes, we are concerned about our customers' data, but this app is not too much about customers' data. The biggest thing with this app is the formula which we calculate uh, for any claim. If that formula is leaked, we have a serious problem. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, that I is some kind of a, yeah, intellectual property of some right. sort. So, it depends. A lot of times, let us say, it depends upon the app you're building. Some apps are payment-driven. So, in such cases, your customer's data is extremely critical. Some apps are integrity-driven. So, for instance, let's say I'm an e-commerce app, and uh, somebody is able to change the rate of my product Mm -hmm. while uh, checking it out. Right. In the checkout process, uh, we've seen such apps also, by the way. So, where, let us say, you have a food ordering app, and many Mm -hmm. of them... Uh, we work with as well where we've been able to change the amount we've ordered food worth 8,000 rupees and paid 8 rupees for it Mm -hmm. by tampering with data values in such cases you're not really touching customer data it's not that customer Mm -hmm. data is at risk but Mm -hmm. your own business is at risk because Mm -hmm. you're actually selling goods worth 8,000 and getting 8 rupees for it but won't that come back in reconciliation can't you get from the customer can't you You, file a case yes if your processes in the back end are good Mm -hmm. however the transaction has actually occurred which means that the transaction
0: now you have to go behind the customer which is a waste of your
1: time Yeah, and is, is it worth the effort and these things have a way of spreading so let us say I get to know that XYZ is vulnerable to this mm. I can spread it to people saying you know what get your food delivered and this free. price <laughs> or for free or whatever yeah. or near free amounts. So this tends to have a network effect just like uh, all of us in the startup world like to think of network effects. Right. Attacks also have a network effect. In fact, it's way more uh, pernicious than any other network effect you would have thought of. So it's uh, it, things can get pretty bad depending upon what you're looking at. So mm. uh, to answer your question it really depends right now when you're looking at application security you really need to look at what you want to protect mm-hmm. so what you want to protect could be customer data what you want to protect could be your own mm-hmm. data what you want to protect could be any way to get to that data so mm-hmm. all of these things should be things that you need to be looking out for mm-hmm.
0: so let's let's talk about some of these aspects and uh, how we can protect maybe you could uh, you could just give some example of uh, of all each of these items sure. you know protecting customers data what could some steps be taken protecting your ip what what are some steps that could be taken and finally uh, finally the third point you were you were mentioning
1: uh, any other linked assets to yeah, this. linked
0: assets how how we can
1: yeah see one of the things that we like to do uh, when we are see we, we typically work with customers where we have consulting type of engagements where we design their security for their app. So Mm -hmm. a lot of times this is a good question that is asked in the beginning of such engagements. So typically what happens is we need to do a process called threat modeling. Mm -hmm. Now a threat model essentially means that first you need to figure out what is important to you. Mm -hmm. So what could be important to you is your customer's data could be customer's name, email, credit card information, any other customer related information, personally identifiable information. Uh, that could be something again intellectual property may be something else and of course like i said anything linked to that anything that allows access to all of these things could be an area that you want to focus on now when it comes to practices uh, many people think in terms too much in terms of preventive Mm -hmm. so we need to have passwords for everything we need to have encryption for everything Uh, A lot of time, encryption is good, but the way people design it is very bad. Mm -hmm. Encryption is great. Uh, A lot of companies leverage encryption. For instance, protecting customer passwords. Mm. Most of the times, people make a big mistake with this because they use very, very poor quality algorithms. Mm. They use something like an MD5. Mm. In fact, uh, I'm sure uh, I can say without uh, difficulty <laughs> that most of the startups listening to this will be using MD5 to hash right. their passwords. Right. And that's a bad practice. MD5 is broken in a 0.02 seconds. Mm. Uh, so, things like that. So, DES probably, right? Uh, triple DES or AES or something like that. Now, what you need to really look out for is designing your system correctly understanding what your threats are Mm -hmm. where your threats can come from Mm -hmm. and how you need to address those threats in terms of technical implementation Mm -hmm. the good thing is today you find solutions in abundance Mm -hmm. so let's say you are it's not like before where you have to sit and really think about okay how am i going to hash this in a way that is going to be uh, you know, a strong hash. Mm. You have enough cases all over the web. You just study. Mm. Uh, you just read through some of these things. They'll give you best practices of how you do all of these things. Right. In fact... Uh, you can go into OWASP.org, which is the Open Web Application Security Project and learn about, they have cheat sheets for how you can secure mm-hmm. each of these things. Mm-hmm. How do you protect passwords? Mm-hmm. How do you protect session tokens? How mm-hmm. do you manage API mm-hmm. security? And so on and so mm-hmm. forth. So you have a lot of these resources available. Right. And you also have case studies of previous applications that were breached. Right. Which is very interesting that you should be reading. Right. Any startup I would, I would really think should be reading mm. this stuff. For instance, Ashley Madison, mm. uh, one of the most publicized breaches of 2015. Right. Uh, they, I mean, a lot of things went wrong for them. Right. But one thing that didn't go too wrong for them was the way they protected their passwords. As a result, they did not have a password breach. Mm-hmm. Uh, not an easy one, at least because they use Bcrypt to protect their passwords. Mm-hmm. Whereas, as opposed to an MD5, which was easily broken. Mm-hmm. So, a lot of these things startups should be doing. They definitely should be taking uh, leaf out of all of these places, especially mm-hmm. if they are not able to, a lot of times you may not be able to hire a right. security consultant for you to be able to do this, but uh, you should definitely look into so all of these whose,
0: things. Uh, we, we all know that startups are on a shoestring budget. So, uh, how much, Percentage of their budget do you think they should allocate to security, and who should be designing this? Is it the programmer? Because oftentimes you know the founder is a programmer, come salesperson, come marketing person. Now you're saying add security to your head, mm-hmm. you know you might just fall down, right? So okay. so whose role should should this ideally be? Okay, and uh, how much do you think how much in terms of
1: percentage should they actually be spending on security? See. Uh the uh, spending bit is something that is extremely variable because the good thing is today you have all of this. Any, Let us say you want to implement security for your startup. Mm-hmm. The good thing is you can do it for free. Right. Because there are so many uh, libraries and applications and right. open hosting providers you can... Pay money to the hosting providers. Or? No, those will cost you money. But right. more than that, if you want to really secure your app, mm-hmm. there are a thousand open source ways of doing that for completely free. Right. However, the the caveat there is: how do you figure out what to do? Correct. Uh, so it means a significant amount of time investment figuring right. out what to do. Right. So I have seen companies. We have worked with startups also, obviously, and. Some startups that we work with are very creative with the way they do security. In the mm-hmm. sense that their their technology, the head head technology, essentially takes on this particular role, and then investigates and tries to see what. Sometimes they consult with us for specific things. Uh, one of the things that uh, even a uh, startup on a shoestring budget does, in I mean, by my experience, is Uh, performs a third-party pen test which Mm. is something that we do it's a penetration test Mm. A penetration test essentially is you hire somebody like us and we will hack your application and tell you Mm. where we found flaws how Mm. we found flaws Mm. Uh, you know uh, these are the flaws these are the parameters we found flaws this is how you should fix it Mm. that is always helpful that's not it's not exorbitant because Mm. it it tests you get a an analysis of where mm. things have gone wrong and how you should be mm. and that'll give you a baseline into how you should protect it right. from then on. So the budget part of it is really about how creative you can get with Correct. technology. Correct. So I really recommend that this be taken seriously simply mm. because you have you don't have to throw a lot of money down mm. this road. At least at least get a third party to test your site, right? Yeah. That should be the bare minimum. Yeah, that that is at least I would say the bare minimum because then you would know where you're wrong. Right. First, the biggest thing in understanding a security problem is understanding where you are, where you stand currently. Right. Right. Because many startups think that okay I put in an SSL certificate, I'm done. Mm. That's nearly not enough. In fact we've seen a lot of cases where the ssl certificate has been used as a way of compromise mm. so it's not necessarily that one thing can protect you and many right. people think that there is one technology or one silver bullet that will protect you mm. against everything mm. which genuinely does not work mm. it is a combi- it's like a it's like an onion mm. you have to have multiple layers of security right. Right. in order to get it right. right so and who should ideally be the uh it has to be the technology person. I mean, whoever uh, is the person in Repo charge for the technology. in charge of the core technology should take it. Now, one of the problems here, uh, I understand as I'm saying this, is that technology people obviously want to get things working. Right. May not be securely. Right. <laughs> they just want, to get, the yeah, they want to, to get the product. They want to get
0: the, product pro- get the damn product to start working. <laughs> yes, <laughs> right? exactly.
1: Now, one of the problems with that that way of, that uh, mode of thought is that once you get, it's like building a house and not thinking about where you want to put the door, what kind of locks you want to put. Or the the, foundation. Or the foundation. The whole thing uh, kind of goes kaput. The problem with uh, thinking about security last is Mm -hmm. that you are going to actually have to overhaul your entire application on mm-hmm. on in many occasions mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to get security working correctly mm-hmm. or to get security being effective. Mm-hmm. So security cannot be an afterthought. Right. So the technology person or the, the person in charge of technology, managing the technology, really needs to put security as part of the application's functionality. Right, from day one. From day one or if not from day one, at least somewhere down the road where... Customers are coming in when you start getting customers, when you yeah. start getting some bit of traction. Yeah. yeah. Right. There or needs it's... to be some kind of thought. There needs to be a, a, a you know, focused approach to right, security. Right, If you like the
0: show, do follow us on Facebook and Twitter. The link is www.facebook.com slash foundersgyan and twitter.com slash foundersgyan. Both these provide you daily tips and articles as well as resources to help and inspire your startup. There are multiple tips per day. Some examples of these tips would be articles on the latest startups, growth hacking tips, how do you build team for startups, how to get funding, etc. So don't forget facebook.com slash foundersgyan and twitter.com slash foundersgyan. Okay, so uh, since we are talking about startups and uh, all these things, uh, I just want to share my story also. So uh, Founders Gyan has been hacked a few times. Okay. Okay, so... Obviously, I'm not going to go into the details of how it was hacked or uh, what I did to uh, stop the hacking. Now, I don't have customer data, uh-huh. okay, so it's more of uh, hackers did it because they could do it mm-hmm. uh, and they probably used it for, uh, I, I don't, drive-through attack, I think it's called a drive-through attack. They used founders can hosting to okay. you know, uh, point to uh, other uh, websites and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, it's a major constraint on the resources and stuff like that. So uh, one of the things that I did while I was researching this and trying to plug in some gaps was that I found out that, uh, at least this is my understanding, you please correct me if I'm wrong, I kind of found out that uh, the more locks and checks you put in place, uh, the more you are li- likely to not be attacked because think of it this way. I-, I think of it this way, if you have a house with just a lock, uh, it's easy for, uh, for a thief to break in. But if you have a fence, you have some security cameras, you have some guards. If you still have a lot of uh, you know gold, still determined people can hack in, but then you no longer uh, you are safe at least from the pity, uh, pity thieves who, who, can't, who really have to spend a lot of effort to get in so is that a decent approach you, you know because a lot of startups again are kind of struggling with their time and money and effort mm-hmm. so is that like a it might not be the uh, it might be a piecemeal effort but is that a decent starting point having as many blocks as possible
1: to prevent hackers from getting into your data and your site Yes, uh, I think that that is uh, the best way of doing it. Now, let me give you a uh, you know, general, uh, you know, what we have learned, what I have learned or as in my time as a security professional. One of the things you must understand, and many companies, many sensible companies understand this, is that if somebody determined wants to break into your app or to your environment or whatever that is, they will. Now, they might do through sophisticated means they might do it through social engineering attacks they might do it however but if they really want to they can and they usually win. now as a conscientious technology or security professional what you can do the best thing you can do is make sure that you exhaust the attacker Uh, when i say exhaust the attacker make sure that the attacker is so fed up of trying to hack your application or your environment that Mm. He or she considers it a waste of his or her time mm. to go after your an application and go after something else. Right. Now, this is essentially done with a concept called defense in depth. Mm. Now defense in depth is a uh, military term. What it essentially means is you have multiple layers of controls. Now, when we talk about multiple layers of controls, it means that one control makes up for another control, makes up for another control, makes up for another control. And the other problem that we have in our heads is that as humans, we think in terms of preventing things. Mm -hmm. Now, prevention is good. It's great. Prevention is better than cure. We have all heard this phrase and our mothers have often repeated it to (laughs) us uh, ever since we were kids. Now, the problem with that is that we tend to focus so much on prevention that we forget about detection and correction. Mm. Uh, Let me give you an idea of what I'm talking about. So a lot of times people have invested a lot of energy and time and money preventing things like passwords, encryption, etc., etc. Uh, now let us say there's a ransomware attack and your server is compromised because your server administrator has just downloaded uh, an app and this particular app or library has just it's a vulnerable thing or it's exploited and it uh, you know, it's uh, suddenly your. Uh, server is now in the control of somebody else and that person says pay me to get access to your data. Now in such cases you have paid attention to preventing things but somehow it has not prevented you from being hacked. So you need to pay attention to different types of controls maybe corrective controls. What is your backup strategy? Mm. Uh, Do you have backups in different places? A lot of times people don't really think about this. Especially startups they They don't really pay too much attention to a backup strategy. Do you have consistent backups? Are your backups being done? Especially on the apps. That's something that they don't really think about. People also don't think about detective controls. Now, when your environment is being hacked, can you detect a breach in progress? Mm. Now, if you can, a lot of times you can actually prevent worse things from happening. Right, right. But most of the time, people don't really think about that. They consider logs and audit trails. Okay, this is too much work. Too much data. Right. Let's focus on getting things up and running first. Mm-hmm. Is the problem. So when you are thinking about security, I advise that you do not think in terms. Purely think in terms of preventive. Mm. Preventive is good. It helps you a lot. But you have to have a healthy mix of preventive, detective, and corrective controls. Right. In your environment. Right. Okay. And uh, uh,
0: again, I think uh, this is these are resources that we can get on the web, but. Uh, 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 detective and corrective. Uh, what's what's the best strategies for detective and corrective? So preventive is obviously having all these like access
1: control, two factor auth, passwords. I mean, yeah, all of that stuff is preventive. Detective essentially is in terms of monitoring. Mm-hmm. Uh, essentially, monitoring your apps, monitoring your environment okay are you seeing a huge amount of traffic at Mm. this given point in time Mm. do you have uh, so
0: don't just be happy when you see a huge amount of traffic
1: (laughs) yeah right yeah it's possible that you might be undergoing a denial of service attack or if you have a weird set of queries being passed to your database that don't look like normal queries Can you detect that? Can you monitor your database for any kind of anomalous activity? Don't just think the customer is stupid and (laughs) giving
0: some random... Exactly.
1: Exactly. Because probably that's a SQL injection attack in progress. Or if somebody is bombarding your system with false usernames and passwords it's somebody trying to guess genuine usernames and passwords. These are basic things that you need to be looking at. And all of this is these monitoring technologies are available for free. You Mm -hmm. don't really have to spend a copper pie. You just have to spend some time configuring them and putting them in place or having some kind of a DevOps practice where you put them in place and make sure that it is. Right. Right. So I I really like this multiple strategies because uh, uh, I kind of uh,
0: got reminded of a a cartoon, uh, uh, not a cartoon, uh, a a picture uh, that uh, says that, uh, you know, somebody... Spent a lot of time and energy and uh, uh, and money in devising like the perfect password uh, encryption mm-hmm. uh, and uh, all it does for a hacker is to like uh, catch that person use a spanner mm-hmm. uh, worth hundred rupees mm-hmm. and keep hitting him on the head mm-hmm. till he tells the password right right so mm-hmm. that's that's a very uh, very um, Nice cartoon that I saw somewhere. And kind of got me reminded when you were talking about all these various prevention, detection. You know, don't put all your eggs in one basket, right? You Mm -hmm. might have the greatest uh, password uh, encryption scenario in history. You might have created your own thing, but uh, it may not be sufficient, you know. You still need to focus on these other aspects. Now, what are the biggest... uh, uh, Pitfalls and tips that uh, you have uh, seen in your
1: own experience. Uh, With application security? Yeah, I mean, there have been quite a few. Let me, uh, one of the biggest uh, pitfalls that I've seen that companies, I'm not just talking startups, I'm talking companies at any level, awareness. Uh, One of the things you must understand is that application developers today are not trained to make their product secure. Mm. So, if you recruit someone fresh out of college or you recruit somebody from the industry it, who has a lot of experience, chances are that that person is still not truly aware of application security right. practices. They, they can get the code up and running. But yeah. They might be great something. at their jobs. They might be amazing at spinning up some real great tech and standing up a stack that is uh, it, it is good and the stack works really well. But if you're talking about security, they may not or they may have a very, very basic knowledge of security. So security awareness and training becomes very, very critical. We've seen this because we do awareness training workshops for uh, a lot of companies. And we see that even some of the most technically gifted uh, you know, analysts or programmers or you know, architects are are aware of how to architect or how to develop an application, but they're not aware of what can happen or what you know Mm -hmm. what are the potential downsides to this engineering decision they make Mm -hmm. that is one big thing awareness so
0: so can that be solved through training can any normal programmer or developer be trained yes and uh, they kind of start getting this awareness
1: yes absolutely Uh, in fact uh, uh, i mean uh, there are training uh, materials all uh, peppered all over the internet but if you want something specific we do a lot of workshops we do for corporates we do for i mean we do public workshops right we, right so,
0: so yeah uh, so basically uh, from what i understand you don't necessarily need to have a special person a special security consultant role created you can have your developers and your architects and your technology people trained and uh, awareness is like 50% of the battle
1: right yes it is uh, the thing is that uh, even if you have a security-specific person, it is still important that you have training. Right. The, the reason developers be, need to know. Yeah, because right. that security person is not going to be able to cover every single line of code that the developers write. In all likelihood, that person will not even know what code the developers. So, a culture of awareness needs to be there at your engineering team. Mm-hmm. So, so if you have a product engineering team, there needs to be a culture of security and application security awareness. And if it can be a little more specific to your environment, for instance, let's say you are a company that writes Python code. So you need to probably have some kind of awareness a little more oriented towards Python code, Mm. Python, or what can, what are the security flaws that you could have in Mm. Python or Django or Flask or whatever it is. Mm. And that kind of stuff. So it has to be relevant and at the same time it has to be effective. Mm. So what, I mean, in my experience what we do and what what we like to do when we train developers is give them an analysis of what can go wrong mm-hmm. teach them security security through insecurity mm-hmm. that is what is So a, is it through some
0: uh, made up examples or do you pick out their own code and Kind of tell them, you know, this is the code you have written and how does it work? A typical training session is it? Typical
1: training session would be around we have vulnerable apps that we have created. Mm-hmm. So, what we do is we give them a VM with our vulnerable apps and actually take them through saying, mm-hmm. this is how a SQL injection happens. Mm-hmm. And this is how a SQL injection can be used to exploit your app in the real world. Mm-hmm. And then we teach them how to secure it. Right. We don't really go with their code because oftentimes we are not exposed to that. Correct. Uh, but uh, most of the time we go with vulnerable apps and examples that we have built. So, okay. that kind of stuff is Biggest
0: biggest tip we talk about biggest pitfall which is
1: lack of awareness. Biggest tip that you can give for startups. Biggest tip again know where you stand mm-hmm. uh, because security is a constantly evolving and changing mm-hmm. space. Mm, So you must know what are your weaknesses, where your weaknesses are. You may not be able to fix them immediately. A lot of times uh, I have had clients who said, you know what, Uh, we know there is an issue here. We are aware, but we can't fix it immediately because we have other priorities, but we will address it in three to six months time or one year time, Mm -hmm. which is fine. Knowing your problems is more is extremely critical. Most of us are not aware of what problems we have. In fact, most uh, uh, many startups that are not most many startups that I talk to think that, okay, if we do SSL, if we do some password management stuff, we're done. Not really the case. There are thousands and thousands and thousands of ways in which their mobile apps or web apps could be compromised. And that it is really the tip of the iceberg, the way things can be compromised today. So know where you stand, I think, is a big tip that I would like to give. Mm-hmm. And
0: uh, the other thing that uh, uh, I, I just kind of uh, just uh, struck me was that uh, security is constantly evolving. Hackers are getting smarter. As companies get smarter in technology, mm-hmm. hackers are also getting equally smart. So it's not a one-time. Uh, it's not a one-time job, right? Yes, security has to be a part and parcel of every day's. Job Right. It should be constantly evaluated and constantly, you know, you should have some security audits. Yes. Think, oh, what's what's the typical thing you suggest for an audit? You know, how, how often? Uh, it,
1: it really depends. Again, um, for instance, let me give you a two ends of the extreme and then kind of give you a perspective on what. See, there are some companies or some applications that don't change much. They don't really evolve too much. I mean, they don't change. Uh, maybe once in six months they have a release. Mm-hmm. There are products like that from maybe in, in uh, different scenarios where you don't have too much of a change cycle. The products remain the same. They are taken up in specific timelines and they are changed mm-hmm. a little bit. Now in such cases, obviously you can you can be you are, you are okay even doing a once or twice a year kind mm-hmm. of a penetration test. Mm-hmm. In some cases, mm-hmm. the other extreme is you know if you are a let's say you are a fast moving. Product, Let's say you're a fast-moving e-commerce product. You would probably deploy four times a day five times a day Your Mm -hmm. code base would change in such cases even penetration testing once a quarter is not good enough Mm -hmm. simply because your Practices are so your application delivery is moving at such a rapid pace Mm -hmm. If your security doesn't keep up Mm -hmm. it tends to be highly skewed Mm -hmm. so you might have done a pen test on January 1st, mm. but by January 5th, your application has changed. Mm-hmm. So that becomes a slightly uh, differential thing. So in such cases, typically there are companies that have some kind of a DevOps mm. or some kind of a accelerated continuous delivery uh, system. You have to find ways of in, in uh, you integrating, know, integrating yeah. your security with this continuous uh, or your DevOps practices. So that is, that is another thing that is becoming a big challenge and that's what we are addressing also for a lot of our clients that how do we solve this continuous security problem? Mm -hmm. So, we have, I mean, we have come out with some ways, but uh, a lot of the uh, problems in the industry for product companies are around this. How do you manage this in a continuous stream? Right, right.
0: Now, uh, let's talk about uh, your uh, worst entrepreneurial moment in this company and the lessons you have learned from it.
1: Actually, okay. Um, I don't think I've had... A worst moment uh, per se. Uh, The only time I would say was the worst moment was in the first year when we made a bunch of mistakes. We hired a PR firm. We didn't need it. We, in fact, had to get our strategy correct and then focus. That, I think, was probably the worst. But even that was a very good learning experience, Mm -hmm. uh, I would say, because end of the day, it allowed us to understand what we were Mm -hmm. uh, truly Mm-hmm. Good at and what we should be doing rather than mm-hmm. uh, what we uh, you know shouldn't have been doing. Right. So other than that, I've I mean the worst thing I, I, I've never un- thankfully not had a, a, what I would call a worst experience. Okay, okay.
0: let's uh, we're kind of coming down to the close of the interview. So let's uh, kind of uh, talk about uh, some action items that startups can take. You know, okay. what what would you say are a few action items that every startup should take mm-hmm. as a takeaway from this whole conversation what do you think they should be doing
1: sure so I mean uh, just to give you an in, uh, an insight into what we do uh, we are really focused in application security we're an application security focused company and we uh, pretty much have dealt with all kinds of apps so we largely do a lot of penetration testing mm-hmm. Training on application security is another big area that we are in. Uh, Product security consulting is, again, around what we do. Uh, We also... um, One of the other things that we are doing now for a lot of companies, big and small, is integrating security into DevOps, which Mm -hmm. is becoming a very, very big requirement for medium, large, small companies that have a DevOps practice and have rapid release cycles. So these are areas that we work. Uh, As a startup... What I think should be a first priority action items on security is if you have not been initiated in in any aspect of security, you will need to do a pen test or you need to do a security test simply because you need to know where you stand. That comes back to my tip that I gave previously. You need to know where you stand and to know where you stand, you need to do a pen test. And when you are doing a pen test, you must understand your risks. Just don't do a pen test. That A lot of times people do pen tests where they just run a bunch of scripts and they tell you, okay, this is what you found and this is what you've not found. But that doesn't make any sense. A pen test is supposed to uncover true risks Mm -hmm. in your application. And that is something that you should be really looking for. So do not compromise on the quality of the pen test. Get a pen test done first and Mm -hmm. then... Try and figure out your strategy if you want to go. If you already have a strategy, then, yep. of course, there are other things you can do as well. Mm. You can have training. You, you can have a continuous kind of security practices. Mm. There are uh, multiple types of security that you should be looking at. If you have a mobile app, the security kind of you know goes a little differently mm. on that track. So, uh, if you don't have a security strategy of yet, you definitely need to be looking at security testing as the first step to taking mm. that. Okay,
0: okay. And uh, what about your own services? How, how expensive or how cheap are your services uh, so that our startups, they have an idea, you know, is it like uh, customized, do you have some standard plans in place? What How does it work?
1: It typically is customized because every app is different. Right. Uh, so, but we are, I mean, uh, we have uh, worked with startups in the past. We have companies that are just two, three member teams that have worked with us. We have had companies that are 30,000 member teams that have worked with us. We have had a wide and very, very diverse range of experience when it comes to companies. We have worked with pretty much any industry vertical that you can think of, Mm -hmm. uh, be it uh, hospitality, be it banking, being uh, payments, being marketplace, Mm -hmm. medical intelligence. Mm -hmm. We have also started doing a lot of IoT-specific work. Mm -hmm. So really... uh, from that perspective, we are uh, quite open to working with right, uh, any right. company. So, so they can obviously uh,
0: contact y- your, uh, uh, <clears throat> they can reach out to your website, that is uh, v45.com. Right? That's right, we45.com.
1: We45.com and uh, they can, uh, there's no harm in getting a quotation. Or, Absolutely. Right? Right. We, we uh, not just that, uh, just to give you an understanding. We do have a lot of resources uh, on LinkedIn, for instance, I write a lot of articles on LinkedIn and uh, on other places as well that they can read and get some baseline knowledge, Uh, you know, so that kind of stuff we'll be happy to engage with. It doesn't matter, uh, you know, your size. So I I don't think it's a question of size, to be frank, because we've engaged with uh, companies all over the world. Right, right. And
0: it also doesn't really matter. Uh, obviously, you'd like them to convert to customers, but even if they don't, you're more than happy to, to answer questions answer questions, and, and give them a, a kind of price at what, what price point uh, they are looking at, right? And you're and, uh, you talking about LinkedIn, so what's a good way to get in touch with you personally? I mean, uh, you're obviously a founder mm-hmm. uh, and a CEO, so... There could be other founders wanting to talk to you about things generally. Yeah. Uh, so apart from your company website, uh, what's the best way to reach out to you? LinkedIn you mentioned. I will uh, link uh, link that up on the show notes.
1: Uh, I act on anything else. Twitter. I'm uh, email, I'm LinkedIn anything. and Twitter is essentially uh, two of the channels that I can be reached on. I mean socially. Mm-hmm. Uh, Email is the best way of actually reaching me directly, which is uh, abhai at v45.com is my email. Right. So. Uh,
0: and LinkedIn. Uh, sorry, Twitter. What's your What's handle? Your it's Abhai Bhargav. Abhay Bhargav. Okay. I'll link, link that also on the show notes. Now, <clears throat> before we go to the final question, uh, I also have one more question around some books and resources that uh, that are useful for st- uh, startups and companies. With regards to security, I know you said like there are tons of resources that... We can search on the internet. Uh, but is there any standout books that you would recommend or standout websites and resources that you would recommend for application security or, or generally in terms of security?
1: Um, the thing is that OWASP is a great resource. Uh, uh, open a web application security project. They're, they are at OWASP.org. That's actually the best... Uh, I would say resource to continuously keep updating yourself because it is a think tank of security experts who are part of that, uh, you know. So I'm also part of that and I'm also part of that body. So it's a, a big uh, source of pride for me that that body is growing. And we have chapters all over the world and it's doing really well. So OWASP is a big one uh, that you should be keeping in touch with. We have a bunch of conferences happening around OWASP in, in different cities in India, different parts of the world. Uh, if you're Java specific, then I have written a book on Java as well. Uh, that I have taken some of the stuff that I found missing from other books mm-hmm. and included that. Um, uh, name of the book? It's oh yes, sorry. It's called Secure Java for Web Application Development. Right. Uh, and it's available on Amazon. It's available on yeah most bookstores. Uh, but other than that, I, I would really say OWASP is a very great resource and right, right, you have yeah. a bunch of uh, blogs that you can read, uh, including including my stuff on LinkedIn, that you can get some very specific insights into. Right. Um, yeah, I would say OWASP is the best source right, of right. what And, you're and
0: doing. generally, out of curiosity, uh, specific books you are not recommending because security keeps changing, is it uh, that one of he, the reasons?
1: Yeah. Essentially, I am just telling you what's worked for me. Right. Uh, for me I wouldn't uh, I'm not I, I wouldn't read a book when I need to get into uh, and I need to research something on security simply because security is extremely dynamic right right and what, I need multiple what, perspectives right what's what's today secure is not secure tomorrow right yes that's one thing and second thing when I'm a, let us say I'm a uh, product company and I'm, I am in technology and I need to implement something let's say I'm running a nodejs app there are 500 ways of doing it. Which works for me? Which is the best way for me? Is something I need to research and figure out. Right. So that's the be- the reason is go online. There are a lot of resources. Uh, it's just a question of creative googling, uh, is what I would say. <laughs> works for me. Okay, excellent. Uh, so.
0: Uh, I just have one final question, but before that, I'm really uh, happy and thankful to you for coming on air and sharing a lot of lot of great uh, great tips and uh, resources and uh, a lot. You talked a lot about security. Uh, I've learned a lot. I'm sure uh, our listeners have, will also learn a lot with this. Uh, so again, it was thank you so much for making the uh, interview very smooth. Uh, like I said, this is the first time we are doing a deep dive into a specific topic, and uh, I think your knowledge. Has contributed a lot to making this smooth so if there is uh, uh, like I told you at the start you know I'm very wary of uh, <laughs> my software for recording and uh, let's assume that the software has crashed and none of this has gotten recorded <laughs> okay it's not I'll show you also it's <laughs> still <cell> recording <laughs> but if if yes and we have time to do only one gyan with regards, regards to security okay that you could give us startups Uh, what would that be would that be something different from be aware I think already you touched on it a few times be aware but would that be your one or would it be something different
1: Um, I would say that um, functionality is important but not uh, but rejecting security at the cost of functionality can be fatal Mm -hmm. and uh, functionality and security go hand in hand I would say so If you are a product company, if you are doing anything with applications, you must think of this as an integrated and married uh, set of attributes. Do not consider them separate and do not treat them with different lights. Simply because today it may not affect you, but maybe a year down the line, two years down the line, when you're actually looking to scale, it might affect you. When you're looking to sell to a customer, it could affect you. Right, right. You 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 put in the hard work and effort and...
0: You're just getting traction and a security breach brings you down. Yeah. You know, it sets you back so much. I think uh, exactly. I think that's, that's something to be avoided. So, uh, thank you so much. Uh, with that, we'll conclude the interview. It was great chatting with you and I wish you continued uh, luck in your venture. Thank you. Thanks for having me. That's it for today, folks. I hope you found the show both useful and interesting. A review or comment on the show notes page at foundersgyan.com slash ep61 or iTunes will help us a lot. Don't forget to take action on your own startup. Catch you next week and have a great week. Till then.